welcome to the Heart of the Piano podcast where we are, as always, exploring the world of piano. Uh, and I'm really excited today to be looking at the new syllabus, the new piano syllabus from LCM or London College of Music. Uh, so this is basically all their graded exams, the, the new syllabus for 2021. Um, after all of the fiasco of, of COVID. <laughs> so I've been very fortunate that LCM have kindly given me a copy uh, of the syllabus before their launch date. Uh, so I've been able to review it and hopefully I can launch this review at the same day as their launch date. Um, there's really a lot to like about this. Um, but before I go into it, let me just clarify a little bit about London College of Music. They're one of the, the main uh, examining boards, such as ABRSM, such as Trinity, and now uh, Rock School uh, are getting in on the act with their classical piano syllabus. But but pretty much um, uh, traditionally, it's been ABRSM, Trinity and LCM. Uh, it might not mean a lot to people from some countries, but to Europe uh, and certainly to England, it's, it's quite a big deal. Uh, so uh, London College of Music, they're also called London College of Music Examinations. The website is LCME. They're also part of the University of West London. So the whole website is actually lcme.uwl.ac.uk. AC.UK is what uh, UK universities have as a domain name. So <laughs> already it's getting a little bit complicated. And basically strap in because all of the options now uh, with all of these grades is getting a bit dizzying. All of the stuff that ABRSM is now offering, that Trinity's offering, that Rock School's offering, not only with their classical, but with their contemporary syllabus, or as I call it, like the rock pop uh, syllabus. And now this this um, London College of Music, or LCM, so I'm going to keep calling it. It's really a dizzying amount of options that, that we've got here, especially because LCM offer various different kinds of exams. So, the last syllabus that LCM came out with was from 2018 to 2020, and it was gorgeous. It was, you know, really, really lovely. Beautifully printed books, really exciting, interesting pieces, really obscure, unusual repertoire, loads of repertoire by women composers, loads of repertoire by by living composers. So, sort of very fresh, contemporary stuff by people who are alive. And unlike, I think, a lot of stuff by rock school, this is sort of more on the serious contemporary classical end of things, rather than living composers who are writing pop or mediocre jazz, <laughs> uh, paycheck uh, pedagogical jazz, I'm going to call it. But uh, no, there's like proper serious, uh, if you want to call it that, serious classical composers being included really represented well in LCM. And I think this is one of the things that has made LCM piano syllabus quite unique compared to all of the other boards. So like some of the boards, in each book you get everything that you're going to need. It's a very generous book with, with a ton of scales, a ton of all of the exercises and studies and examples for the oral test, the, the examples of sight reading, the, the kinds of questions that you're going to be asked in the discussion. I mean, just a, a, a giant amount of, st- of stuff, huge amount of stuff in this book. Um, unlike, let's say, ABRSM, <laughs> who don't give you any of this stuff and charge you, try and charge you as much as they can for a new book for scales in sort of almost every single grade, you know, it's, uh, but, you know, I like this system. I like this, this system where they give you everything that you're going to need. Something that, um, and, and by the way, I have spent hours and hours in the last few days 
not only sight reading through all of the pieces, and they are long pieces, and there's a lot of pieces, they are long, but also really looking in depth at, at the new syllabus, looking at depth at, at all of the various things and, and doing comparisons with the other boards. So I'm trying to give you as, as comprehensive as a review that I can. Basically, like I said, strap in. It's, it's not straightforward. So there's a lot to love. There, I also have some huge criticisms, but there is a lot to love. Very generous book. And also you get really well-written notes on each composer and on the piece and on tips for playing the piece, all that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, some boards like uh, ABRSM actually try to make you buy a separate book uh, of teacher's notes that give you very, very badly written notes, uh, the, the, you know, advice about how to play each piece. And if you listen to my ABRSM review, <laughs> um, have, a bit of, uh, have a bit of a bee in my bonnet about how so much of this advice is just really bad. So, yeah, be, you know, these are beautiful books to own. Very, like, like I uh, said before, the, the, these are really long pieces, much more large-scale structure than, than most of the other boards. LCM are much longer exams. They're much longer pieces. Um, so, you know, in my opinion, this is excellent. This is only good. You know, we live in an age of basically poor concentration spans and uh, uh, where, you know, everything is just instant gratification. And, uh, I, you know, I particularly like, especially as you go up to the higher grades, I love that the pieces are longer when you get to grade eight. They're really, you know, substantial, interesting, large-scale pieces. Very, very soon I'm going to put up a review of the um, the Leeds uh, International Piano Competition. And one of the things that I am wondering is if there's starting to be basically a problem with pianists really being able to communicate large-scale structures. So, so yeah, the, you know, this is absolutely brilliant. Something that has struck me as a whole, having played all of the pieces uh, in the books, is that whoever's been choosing these, uh, or, or who, you know, if, if it's many people, uh, whoever has been choosing these pieces, that there's a leaning towards very bold, extrovert pieces with loads of character, sometimes with, with a lot of shifts in character uh, within one piece. I, I personally like this. It's, it's going to encourage very extrovert, bold, colourful uh, performing. It's, it's not for the, for the shy. <laughs> and I think that, you know, if you're learning a musical instrument, I do think that you need to communicate. And even if you are, you know, a shy person, I think part of becoming a musician is learning how to be able to communicate a piece of music that is full of colour, full of vitality, full of life. It's like being an actor, really, and sometimes you need to be able to act confident and bold and extrovert. So, yeah, I, I really like this. There's some really great finds um, throughout this, this whole new syllabus. Um, so this new syllabus is from 2021. I think there is a certain amount of overlap with the syllabus from the last time. But because it hasn't officially been launched yet, I will put all of the details of this in the um, uh, in the show notes. So please do have a look at the show notes if I've needed to update anything, because I've been preparing this review before uh, LCM have launched uh, their new syllabus. So, and, and this was the case the last time, this was the case with their last syllabus, that they had really fantastic, obscure, really interesting, creative pieces full of really great moods and characters 
Um, yeah, and, and it continues there. It's fantastic. Now, something that is a lit, I find very strange. So I've been wondering how much LCM have been looking around and looking at what the other examination boards have been doing and thinking, well, maybe we should copy what they're doing, especially because this new syllabus was supposed to have been launched in spring last year, spring 2020. And instead, we're now in, in basically October of 2021. So um, uh, one of the things which to me seems very, very obvious that they've copied from ABRSM is this um, weird new list A, list B, list C. So it used to be that list A was something Baroque or classical, list B is something romantic or something that, that basically needs a lot of rubato, it needs expression, um, it, you know, it, it needs flexibility and for the performer to be able to pull it about and put a lot of emotion into it. And then list C is just something modern or exotic or different or unusual or contemporary, you know, all that, that kind of thing. And then, um, as most of you know, ABRSM turned that on its head. Uh, they came up with with basically some, some new ways of doing it. Off the top of my head, I think ABRSM's was uh, list A is now just something fast and technical. And then the other two categories kind of stay more or less the same. Now, I have no idea what is going on with LCM because nowhere can I find an explanation in their syllabus of what their new list A, list B, list C is. Now, it looks like it's very similar to ABRSM in that list A looks like it's fast and technical because uh, um, list A uh, very often is 20th century or, or, or even 21st century. It's, it's, you know, much more contemporary, but uh, it's it's very often in sonata form. There's sometimes a fugue and, and it can be much more intricate um, technically. Now, it's list B and C that, that I'm quite confused about. I think that it does superficially look like list B is the same romantic piece with, with a lot of emotional stuff. But sometimes when I'm looking at this new syllabus, I see pieces in list B that normally I would expect to see in list C if it was ABRSM and vice versa. It's just all a bit, a bit of a model. So for example, there's a Poulenc novelette. I think it's number three, which is in uh, ABRSM's grade eight list B. So this should be, you know, the, the very expressive emotional rubato piece. And uh, it's interesting because um, LCM have made this an alternative list piece for list C. And there's quite a lot of examples basically where, where, uh, and I'll go into these later where I'm like, why, why is this in list B? Why is this in list C? It doesn't really make any sense to me. And th- there's no mention to it. Uh, in the in the syllabus, so you know there there was a lot of flack I think that ABRSM got when they started doing all of this because people were starting to get upset that it was possible to take all of uh, you know an entire grade without touching anything baroque or classical or, or written before a certain time, and it's a bit odd that LCM have jumped on this bandwagon. It's a bit weird. I'm not sure why they've done that. Anyway, so I've written here, who is, uh, who is this new syllabus for? Yeah, something that, 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 so again, you know, these are just impressions that they're generalizations that, that I formed by playing through the, the entire syllabus. The standard is very, very high, uh, meaning that I think that, that the standard of pieces in most grades 
is much higher than ABRSM. So ABRSM is easier to play, in other words, and, and the LCM pieces are much more challenging, much more ambitious, uh, not just technically, but in terms of interpretation, in terms of polyphony, counterpoint, it's very, I would use the word rigorous, really, that, you know, if I had um, a very, very talented student who was obviously going to be very gifted with classical music and who I wanted to give a very rigorous kind of classical education to, very traditional classical education, I would consider LCM. And when I say traditional, I include contemporary classical music because uh, it still belongs to like a, a traditional classical world, even though it can have very adventurous kind of contemporary stuff going on in it. It's, it still belongs within a very traditional world. And, and I'll speak about more of that later. So some, something that I find, again, a little bit odd when you compare it to ABRSM, uh, they have very, very rigorous scales, arpeggios, all that kind of stuff. Uh, again, ABRSM got a lot of flack for sort of what some people perceived of as dumbing down the scales. Uh, LCM, very, very rigorous, but you can choose not to do any of the scales, arpeggios, uh, all of that stuff, and you can choose instead to do studies. And I really like the, the most of the studies, especially at the higher grades, they're excellent studies. But it's, yeah, it's odd that, that you can choose either the scales or the studies. I mean, the studies are actually very, very ambitious and, and very rigorous. But it's, yeah, I'll, I'll come, I'll come back to that later. But, but basically you've got the rigorous scales or the option of the rigorous scales, uh, certainly comprehensive scales. You've got, um, very high standard, um, very ambitious studies. Uh, you have large scale structure pieces and even more large scale structure as you go up the grades. Very ambitious generally in terms of, of polyphony, like I said. So, um, and, and really, you know, really interesting choices of some pieces, uh, especially looking at contemporary music, opening up uh, a student's ears and, and their world to the world of contemporary classical, which is, I think, important for people who want to be classical musicians. So, um, yeah, uh, I think that it could, that this new syllabus could be for, for people who really want to give their students a very strong, very traditional classical education, which ABRSM seems to be veering away from. Having said that, there's uh, there's a word that that comes up a lot when you look at people's reviews of um, uh, of these uh, exams and these uh, syllabi, which is benchmarking. And benchmarking is basically how have they set the difficulty level for this grade? Is it too difficult? Is it too easy? So the benchmarking, I think, for, for LCM generally is ambitious. But also benchmarking can mean within one grade, what is the, the kind of difference in difficulty level? Do you have wildly difficult pieces and incredibly easy pieces within the same grade? Now, something that I think APRSM have been very strong at in their history, in the whole history that they've been an establishment, which is, I think, one of the reasons why APRSM traditionally have been pretty much the examination board of choice for most people is that their benchmarking is really, really excellent. There's not too much wild difference in difficulty levels within, within one grade. Now, LCM, and, uh, and, and here I am sort of looking particularly at what's in the books, uh, because there's a huge amount of alternative pieces that you can include, but I'll come to that later. Within each book, 
it concerns me that the benchmarking seems to be a bit wild, that there are very difficult, ambitious pieces, and also much easier, much more lightweight, much more easily achievable pieces. And even if you take that into consideration, it bothers me that somebody could go in for an exam with very, very ambitious pieces, and somebody else could sit the same exam with much easier pieces and get quite a, and get a similar grade. This bothers me, and this would really make me think quite hard about whether I would put my talented traditional classical students in for this board because because I do have concerns about benchmarking. So also, when I was saying, who, who is this uh, syllabus for? There are so many women composers represented in this. And actually, um, I, I'm going to again come to this later, but the, there was a, a conscious decision by the people who put the last syllabus from 2018 together to have as many women as possible. And I think that it was almost 50% women, um, something along those lines. So I've written here, it's also for women who are interested in more obscure, high-quality, traditional classical repertoire. And I also wrote, I include contemporary classical when, when I say traditional. And don't mind working hard, who are quite disciplined. And <laughs> this makes me laugh because there's one student that, who I have in particular who completely fits this criteria. Uh, an adult woman who, who you know, is a hard worker, working her way up through the grades. I think it was, I think she was on grade seven or something when, when she came to me. And she came to me with the, the LCM book. And, uh, she, you know, she was always interested in quirky, obscure music by, by women composers. This syllabus just completely fits her to a T. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite so sure uh, I'll come to this later. So something else, I think, in terms of the benchmarking, uh, like I said before, the, the LCM generally have much, much longer pieces. So when people are, are sitting an LCM exam and, and playing, they need much better focus. They need much better mental stamina. They, they need to, yeah, really concentrate and focus and be in the flow for, for longer, which means that in many ways, this is harder to, to get a good grade, uh, to get a good mark uh, with LCM. That's that's a concern. But, but at the same time, you know, I would want to give a lot of my students that challenge. I think that the whole, this whole, all these different boards doing all of these different things and then how you compare them all to each other and the fact that that in England there's this thing called UCAS points, which means that when you take grade six, grade seven, grade grade eight, the, the the points that you get from them can count towards getting into universities and, and you know can tip the balance into getting into a really good university. And I think it's really weird now that that certain kinds of grades are just so obviously easier than other kinds of grades. And if you want to get into a good music school, you, you want to go, go to music college or uh, university. I'm just like, how are they going to sort through all of this stuff where you've got this board, you've got this board doing this type of exam, you've got performance exams, you've got, you've got um, the exams with all of the oral tests and the sight reading, you've got the ones that don't need that, you've got rock school. Oh my God, it is, it's just such a mess. But, um, and then you've got all of these um, online options. So, um, so basically, <laughs> there's, uh, and I'm just going to try and go through this fairly quickly, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a lot to go into, but I'll just try and sum it up quickly. LCM do four different kinds of exams. 
there, there are grades. And so in the grades, you do three pieces and you do either the scales or you do the studies. And then you've got the oral test, you've got the discussion, you've got the sight reading. Then you've got um, recital grades. Um, and the recital grades is then you, uh, you've got four pieces with an optional fifth piece. Or instead of that fifth piece, you can do sight reading or you can do discussion. And so discussion, there's a list of questions, the kinds of questions that the examiner is likely to ask you. And I really like a lot of these, these questions. And they get progressively more um, involved and demand more in information about the, the style, technical information, harmonic information, information about the composer, you know, all that, all that general kind of stuff. So in the recital grade, the, the fifth thing is either a performance or sight reading or discussion. Um, I'm thinking, who on earth is going to choose sight reading? <laughs> And, and it's weird that, that a discussion would be equivalent to a performance. But, um, you know, certainly, you know, if, if you think about the fact that, that a graded exam and a recital grade are basically given all the same points, that they're given the same kind of weighting, and that, you know, one has got, you know, scales and studies and oral tests and sight reading and discussion, and, and, then, one, and then the other one, which is supposed to be weighted the same as four performances, um, and an optional fifth or, or a discussion. It's, it's just weird. It just seems, you know, much more light, lightweight to me. And then you've got another option, which is called leisure play. And leisure play is for performances. But this one's kind of interesting because you can choose from different pieces, uh, from a whole extra load of pieces, um, which look like the kind of thing that you'd get in a, in a rock school book. They're much sort of poppier or jazzier or that they're like, you know, very popular, famous classical tunes that have been arranged. And then you've got a performance award. And the performance award is something that you record by video, send in, and then you, you get your, um, your marks. But this does not count equally, um, like the grades, like the, like, like the, the graded examinations, like the recital grade, like the leisure play. This doesn't have UCAS points. So, you know, I find this really interesting because ABRSM have their performance exam, which they say is absolutely equal to the, the grade exams, that they, they carry the same weight, that they say, you know, that they're, they're as difficult. But then LCM have sort of done something similar and have gone, no, this isn't the same. This, this is easier. This doesn't carry, you know, the same academic kind of qualification. But then, so those are basically the, the four different types. And then to make things a little bit more complicated, because of COVID, so, so basically, the, the first of those three, the, the, you know, the graded exam, the recital grades, the leisure play, you do those live. You, you do those with a person. You, you go somewhere and you, you take the exam uh, with a person. Now, because of COVID, LCM are also currently doing all of these exams online. And so you can, you do have the option to take the graded exam online which then means that you, there's obviously no sight reading. And I'm just having a look at here. So, so candidates perform four pieces and you don't have to choose a piece from each list. They can be, uh, it says here there is no requirement to select the pieces from different lists. 
And then there's another component, which is a performance or a discussion. And, uh, oh my Lord, this is just so complicated. So basically, I'm not going to go all, through all of this now because it's all going to be out of date soon anyway. I'm going to put the information in the show notes. But, but basically, uh, at the moment, there is the option to have the graded exam, the recital grade and the leisure play, not only in person, but also online. And to me, it seems pretty obvious that a graded exam in many ways is going to be much easier online because you don't have oral tests and sight reading. But unlike ABRSM, this is not, as far as I can tell, this is not going to be a long-term plan. And, you know, the, the, these things can always change. So if anything changes with this, I will put it into the show notes. So I warned you this was going to be complicated. But but basically, if it wasn't for COVID, you've got the, the four different exams. You've got the, the performance awards, which are kind of like a lightweight thing that you record, you upload it, and it doesn't count uh, towards university. It, it's not uh, academically as weighted as the other ones. You've got your normal grade exams. You've got a recital grade. Um, and you've got leisure play, which lets you play kind of fluffier, um, uh, more kind of superficial pieces, if you want to call it that, more sort of like rock school kind of stuff. Right. So as I was saying before, there's a huge alternative list this year. So um, if, if, if you're, I mean, most people will be familiar with APRSM. And with ABRSM, you've got, you know, your list A, list B, list C. You've got the stuff that's in the book. And then you've got the optional stuff that isn't in the book that you, you buy another book and they allow you to do that piece instead. So LCM just have the, an absolutely giant collection of alternative list A, list B, list C pieces. Huge amount, which is even more enormous if you then do the leisure play, which allows you to do not only all of the, the pieces from the book and the alternative list, but also, a, you know, a huge amount of, of other pieces. But but if you're doing like the more serious one, it's a huge amount of pieces that, that you get to choose from and, and some really interesting stuff. One problem, though, I think, is that um, I think most people are going to be quite unlikely to want to learn a lot of it because unlike ABRSM, a lot of these alternative pieces are quite obscure. They're, they're, you know, really good finds and not that easy to get hold of. There are some of them. Some of them are actually listed as IMSLP. IMSLP is the website where you download stuff for free. Um, so, you know, that's nice that, that you can go off and have maybe, I think, per grade, there's maybe one or two, depending on the grade, that have usually one uh, IMSLP choice. But usually they're, you know, quite obscure pieces that it's going to be quite difficult to get hold of. And not, not only difficult to get hold of, but difficult to actually listen to. Uh, and because um, LCM don't have a habit of releasing official recordings um, of a pianist playing the official pieces in the syllabus, I think that a huge amount of the pieces are just never going to get played because why would a student want to learn it? The only way I think it's going to happen is that the teacher goes out and buys a gigantic amount of books so that they can then play it to the student and and, um, let the students know what it sounds like. Or someone like me... Uh, and, and actually, I have already uploaded some um, ABRSM and Trinity um, uh, grade pieces, like like particularly grade eight pieces. But for me to do that, I'd have to go out and buy all these books. And I'm not that keen on doing that. So I'm not sure that we're going to see a giant amount of these turn up on, on YouTube. Anyway, in the LCM grade books, it's 
very similar to ABRSM or similar to how ABRSM was until they decided to, um, <laughs> how can I put it, uh, become, uh, try to make more money. <laughs> so, so it used to be that, that ABRSM, uh, grade one, grade two, grade three, you know, and so on up until grade seven, there would be three list A pieces, three list B pieces and three list C pieces in each book. And then grade eight would have four list A, four list B, four list C. Uh, this last syllabus, ABRSM have, have, um, basically cheapened the grade eight book so that it's, it's three per each. But LCM, they, they've got four list A, four list B, four list C in the grade eight, and then, you know, three per list, uh, in the other grades. Um, something that, that is a little bit of a criticism is that you've got this huge, huge amount of variety and choice in the alternative list and, you know, some really interesting and exotic choices. And very often, especially in some of the higher grades, you've got pieces, particularly in list B, you have two pieces in list B in the book that are so similar to each other. And I'm like, why have you guys done that? Why have you put two pieces that are so similar in style to each other? Um, I'm thinking like of grade eight, where you've got Rachmaninoff in list B, and then York Bowen, who actually was called the English Rachmaninoff when, when, you know, there were articles about him in the newspaper. He was called the English Rachmaninoff. Why would you have Rachmaninoff and a guy called the English Rachmaninoff in a piece that sounds quite a lot like Rachmaninoff, both in list B in your book? And anyway, so, you know, that, that's one. I, I do think that, that the pieces that went in the book, I think could have been cho- chosen better to represent a, a little bit more variety. So a, f- a few more things that, that I want to throw in. I, do not like the editing and the typesetting uh, of the books at all. So, I mean, you know, the, the editing is, it's an interesting choice. I'm not sure what, how cynical to be about it. I, I don't like ABRSM editing, uh, particularly in the higher grades. They do way too much editing. This is ABRSM. ABRSM are just so heavy handed in, in what they, in how they edit, um, particularly Baroque and classical, you know, the, every ornamentation is, is sort of spelt out in what they think you should do and in ways that, that I, you know, often don't agree with. Um, that they put a huge amount of dynamics and, um, expression markings and stuff that, which I think is, is off-putting. It's, it's distracting when these things, um, were not in the originals. Yeah, and then at the complete opposite end here, we've got LCM who do almost zero editing. And, um, you know, when you look at their website and when you look at their syllabus, they make it very clear that this is, you know, a good thing. This is very deliberate. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I think there's, there's a middle ground. There's a middle ground where you have some helpful editing. Maybe you suggest things. Maybe you suggest things in footnotes. You know, I'm, the cynical part of me is like, are they just lazy? Are they just sort of thinking that, that it's just less time? And there's there's some very, very particular places where I really, really think there should have been editing. When I was sight reading through all of the pieces, there were some pieces where I went, surely this is a misprint. Surely this note here is a mistake. And so I went and looked up uh, on IMSLP and, you know, other places. I went and, and Urtex and I went and had a look. What's, what, what's the original say? And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, the original had that note in it. But what's interesting is that very often in the original, 
there's like a, um, a courtesy accidental. So a courtesy accidental is like if 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 I think that a, a note should be sharp and it isn't sharp, you put in the natural in brackets so that you go, I know you think this should be sharp, but it isn't. And and it bothers me that, that LCM just kind of actually leave a lot of this stuff out in places where I really think it, it, it should have been in there. Um, also, uh, I think it's very, very similar to ABRSM. Trinity's much better about this. Um, uh, but the, the, one of the things I don't like about ABRSM and LCM, I don't like the way that a lot of the rhythms are laid out um, in the in the typesetting. So uh, th- there are times where I'm sight reading and I'm going, what's the rhythm here? And I have to really stop and, and look at it and go, ah, oh, because this quaver has been mashed right up against the the, uh, the crotchet. I'm sorry for, for American people or people from other countries that talk about quarter notes and and, and eighth notes. I mean, you know, you don't really need to understand which is which. Just just that basically you've got one kind of rhythm sort of not in proportion to the others. And, you know, there's a certain amount of that, which is normal. And there's a certain amount which is just like, huh? It, it, it just doesn't look right. And uh, and then, you know, when I go and look at the, the original typesetting, it, it's so much clearer. Um, so, yeah, th- this is something I'm, I'm not a big fan of. So then you've got the um, the three levels before grade one, which are pre and then step one and step two. I'm not sure about this and I hope I don't upset anyone because uh, um, it's, it's kind of a, a small world. And, uh, and this is part of the reason why I'm a little bit cynical about what's, what's going on here in these, uh, these levels before grade one. In this particular syllabus, the pre, the step one and step two basically seems to be the Melanie Spanswick method book rather than the LCM exams. From everything that, that I can gather by the introductions, by, by looking at stuff online and by all, all of the people involved in this, it's basically uh, Melanie Spanswick, who, who is a well-known UK pedagogue. And it really is just like her method book. It's like you can see this is how she probably teaches her students. It, it, it doesn't really feel like an exam book. This feels like one person's methods and their approach. Most of the composers featured in these in the pre and the step one and step two all belong to quite a sort of small circle of teachers who all tend to hang out online with each other. <laughs> I hope no one gets offended by that um, because, because you know, I kind of um, dip into those circles from time to time. I, I find it a bit odd. I find it like a little bit of a, cl- a clique. Um, not, not when, not, not actually those people, but in terms of this, these books, these books feels like a clique to me that, that, that you've got Melanie and friends and, and some, you know, and some composers as well. So some established, you know, uh, composers. But, but yeah, it, do, it does seem like, like the Melanie and friends method book, which, which I find odd. And because it does come across as a method book, so much. I can't help but think that there are better method books. So like one thing that really jumped out at me is that at one point I quite like teaching from the Thompson Easiest Piano course. Um, there's a lot I like about that. There, there's some things which, which you know, um, there, there are a little issue, there are a few issues, but I really like those books. 
And one of the pieces, um, one of Melanie's pieces in uh, one of these pre or step books uh, was note for note something that was in the Thompson Easiest Piano course and then made me think, well, to be honest, I'd rather just use Thompson's Easiest Piano course, especially when you would sort of see that these exams before grade one aren't really kind of regulated in the same way as grade one onwards. They, they, they don't count as actual qualifications. They are just, you know, like you get a nice little certificate. Um, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather just put my students through um, uh, through a different method book. Like, for example, at the moment, um, Piano Safari is, is generally acknowledged as being one of the strongest method books. It's very, very strong pedagogically. So, <laughs> and yeah, I'm sorry if, you know, I... I uh, um, I'm being a bit harsh uh, uh, about uh, Melanie and friends <laughs> uh, with that, but, but it, it, it does kind of come across that way. Anyway, I've got one more giant, giant criticism, uh, and, and this is, for me, quite a big one. LCM made a big deal when they released the 2018 syllabus that they were going to be featuring a lot of women composers. Uh, and in fact, at this point, I'm actually going to dip into to um, uh, an online article written by the LCM uh, publications officer. And this came out a, a few years ago. This is a guest post um, uh, on the, the website by uh, one of Melanie's friends. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, and I hope nobody takes offence because, you know, you're all great people. You're all great teachers. Anyway, so this guest post, uh, and he's talking about uh, basically the lack of women representation in classical music. And, and he's put here some bullet points. A major examination board today released a series of books containing only one piece written by a woman in the higher grades, which is 5 to 8, which is one work out of 33 or 3%. Last year, the leading international exam board, and I'm assuming he means ABRSM, actually published the fact that they had a number of pieces by female composers in their piano syllabus. The number in question? Two pieces out of 36 in their grade 5 to 8 books, or 6% with some generous rounding. Neither of the two leading exam boards has had a single piece in their grade 8 book since 2012. Anyway, so basically, he's very, very harsh here, and looking at the amount of pieces in grade 5 to 8 by female composers of other boards, which was, which was one or two. It's woeful. And then he's put, are these numbers acceptable? As organisations whose books are primarily used by young learners and whose syllabuses have a huge influence on their development, do we have a responsibility to question the decision to focus almost exclusively on works written by men at the higher grades? And so, yeah, basically going on to say, no, you know, this is bad. So what can LCM do? We can ensure that in the future, and this is him saying, uh, we reflect the diverse and dynamic heritage of music. Don't exclude candidates by nature of their gender or race. Strive to continually improve the quality of works on our syllabuses by searching more widely for material. Are never content with historical precedent and inspire the next generation with role models to aspire to. And fundamentally, we understand the influence that we have as an examination board. We will not respond to trends only when forced 
and here they refer to a particular syllabus which is very harsh. It's, it's, it's basically um, uh, one of the, the examination boards that work with UK schools. But rather seek to lead and offer a positive alternative to the current syllabuses on offer. So, and then he says, to meet these aims, we put in place guidelines. Uh, at least 50% of the works we have considered by living composers will have been written by women. So, very laudable. I mean, yeah, absolutely fantastic. How, how excellent is that? And I think, you know, there, there is still a certain amount of controversy about, uh, you know, the word tokenism gets thrown in a lot here. You know, is it tokenistic? to go for such a, a, a high percentage of women, by high I mean 50%, when um, when you go to the concert hall, when you look historically uh, at music, for many social reasons, it's it's hard to find that, that representation by women. So, that, you know, I think by, by definition, there is a certain level of tokenism going on here, that, that you're including more women than actually uh, were represented in those time periods. I mean, you know, this can be massively controversial, massively, massively controversial. But, but what he's saying is that maybe there's a responsibility to, to be, to show good role models that maybe even if, if, I mean, I don't actually know what the current figures are. Um, but if there aren't enough women composers, maybe this is because when kids are growing up, they don't see enough women composers. So if you see more women composers, Women are more likely to be composers. So, you know, I think that that's, that's really a great thing. So, and some of you probably guessed where I'm going with this. Where are the black composers, the, 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 the composers from, from different ethnicities, the composers from, from outside of Europe and America? Where are they all? Um, I, I've got real, real problem with this. Um, because by, you know, the, the, this guy who, who I was quoting before, who was the publications officer, if we take his metric and, and I look for non-white Europeans, um, so basically, so I'm looking for anyone who's European but not white or anybody who's not European. And I'm looking at grades five to eight. And my apologies if I've missed someone. My apologies if, if I've made a mistake here. But as far as I can work out, there are two. In grade seven, there is a woman who is uh, from Venezuela. And in grade six, there is Takamitsu, who was Japanese. And that is it. There's no one black that, uh, who's, who's American or European. And, and that, that, I mean, and, and that's it. There's two. So that's 5%. <laughs> so, you know, throwing that back on what they were saying before about women composers, I think this is appalling. Quite, quite personally, from a, from an examination board that has made such a giant effort to become enlightened to the cause of women. I, I, I'm actually shocked, to, to be quite honest. And not only that, I'm, I'm actually going to be a bit brutally harsh here. And I think this deserves to be brutally harsh. In grade eight, we have um, a piece that, uh, by Turina that talks about gypsies in a really problematic way, really problematic. This is really controversial, massively controversial, but there are a lot of people who very, very strongly consider the word gypsy to be an offensive racial slur. Whether it is or whether it isn't, this, I'm 
I want to sit on the fence on this. I don't want to say whether it is or whether it isn't. But the fact is, I would never use the word without some awareness that that some people are going to find it problematic and that some people will be offended by it. There's been a huge amount of discussion about should we get rid of the word gypsy from all of the titles of of classical music that that have this as part of the title. So um, in the LCM book, um, Dan says gitanas. Again, the word gitanas, it's it's Spanish for, for, for gypsies. I mean, maybe maybe it's too difficult to change it. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but, um, then in this book, in the LCM book, it goes on to say, the premier of the Dances Gitanas put one in mind, the composer said, of a genuine Albaithin gypsy. And they did say the composer said, but they haven't, yeah, they haven't then gone on to say, maybe this is a little bit problematic. They've just said of a genuine Albaithin gypsy. Picture this when you play this piece, they say. This is really problematic. So in other words, think of the stereotype and, and, and there's no kind of thinking about, should we be careful with stereotypes now? Kind of, and I'll put a note to maybe a page or a couple of pages about the, the, the kind of, um, piece that this is. Uh, because it says here that with the tension beat and step of the flamenco, uh, faruca, uh, and, and basically what this is, when you actually look for, for what this kind of music is. Gypsy doesn't really come into it. You know, there's all kinds of stuff comes in. It's from a particular um, place in Spain. It's connected to flamenco. It's, the word actually comes from Arabic. Um, it's, oh my God. I mean, basically, the, 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 I can't really go into that much depth about why this is problematic. But when they say, picture picture a gypsy when you play this piece. I'm just cringing because um, not only have, have they barely represented people who are not white European uh, or American, but ouch, you know? And then uh, in grade seven, they talk about George Gershwin and, and, and it basically says in his bio, born in Jewish Brooklyn of Ukrainian-Lithuanian origin, George Gershwin was an American legend. And I'm like, mm, I'm, mm, I feel very, very uneasy about that. Why did they not just say he was Jewish? Why did they say born in Jewish Brooklyn of Ukrainian Lithuanian origin? Nobody who is Russian Jewish from the Ukraine says, oh, I'm, I'm of Ukrainian Lithuanian origin. And I know plenty of people who are Russian Jewish from that, from that origin. No one would ever put it that way. They would say they're Jewish. They wouldn't say, well, I was born in Jewish Brooklyn. They'd say I'm Jewish. Now, I mean, it's a little bit complicated because, you know, Gershwin was alive at a time when there was a lot of anti-Semitism and he probably, you know, he did actually anglicize um, his name. And so that, that to a certain degree, he sort of hid some of his Jewishness. But that doesn't mean that now we whitewash that and say that he wasn't Jewish. Um, you know, some people might argue, oh, he wasn't religious. But that that's not really what being Jewish means. Um, you know, being Jewish is it's much more than, than being religious. And actually, you know, when you look at his biography, he did still observe a lot of the important things of, of being Jewish and even went out of his way. I, I think I, I read somewhere to, to marry somebody who was Jewish. 
you know, I, I, I find this really problematic. It's, it's just things like the very, very few times where, where there's sort of, you know, a need to be racially sensitive. Um, LCM just have just a completely tone deaf to this stuff. Again, they, 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 they've done the same, the same thing with Ligeti. Um, born in Romania, was of Hungarian Jewish origin. And he was one of the most important avant-garde composers, blah, blah, blah. So why didn't they just say he was Jewish? So, um, you know, I can put some links to to the fact that Ligeti did actually identify quite strongly as Jewish. But the, but the problem was that, again, he there was a lot of anti-Semitism. He actually, you know, literally had to flee from countries because of, of Nazis, you know. So... Um, uh, you know, just to say of Hungarian Jewish origin, I, uh, I'm i not sure about this. Anyway, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that there's such such little representation of, of other um, uh, ethnic groups, of black people, of, of other uh, continents, <laughs> there's so much amazing um, South American music or, or you know, that, that there are... Uh, there the are plenty of composers that, that, that are based in various African countries, and you know. And, and uh, anyway, uh, uh, I won't I won't keep going on about it. But but I'm going to put some some links uh, about Ligeti in, in the show notes as well. Uh, but it is interesting that when you look at the rock school classical syllabus, they've really shown the way with with how this is possible. It's it's not that it just isn't possible. As I remember, in, in most of the books in the, the rock school classical syllabus is somebody black or, or, or you know, different ethnic groups. But, but there's a lot of black representation uh, in the classical books and, and it does not come across as tokenism because they are generally very high quality. And, and you know, like, like the guy said in the article that I quoted earlier, Representation is important. It's important to, to have role models. It's important that if you're young and black and interested in classical music, that, that you see that, that there are composers, that you see that, that somebody who looks like you represented. So I was going to run through all of the grades one by one and go through most of the pieces kind of briefly. But actually, um, the general description of, of the, 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 this syllabus uh, ran a bit longer than I meant to. So maybe I'm going to do that in the future, or maybe I'll, I'll do this um, as a written thing uh, to supplement this particular podcast review. Uh, and maybe I'll, I'll put it on my blog, um, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know, because uh, I did spend a lot of time going through all the pieces. But more important than that was building, you know, a really good general impression of everything. So yeah, I think it's incredibly confusing, this huge array of choices we have in terms of examination boards. I think on balance that I still prefer Trinity. And I think that Trinity are really, really excellent value for money. When you look at even just the, the normal standard book, the, the amount of pieces that it includes, the variety that it has, uh, the quality that they are, and then especially if you buy the extended editions, really excellent value for money and so, so much to dip into. I think they're reasonably rigorous. I think their benchmarking is good. I think their benchmarking is better than LCM. But I think that LCM have the edge when it comes to 
serious, representing the serious world of classical music. And by serious, I don't mean that it isn't fun and enjoyable, because actually, I think more than any other exam board, the pieces are the highest quality. They are really full of emotional expression, full of musical expression, full of really interesting structure. If I really had like the highest level student who I thought, you know, was going to go on to to become a professional pianist, I would seriously think about LCM because because it is like really in in the very serious traditional world of, of classical music at a very high level. It's just that the benchmarking is, is a bit wild. And there's some other odd things, such as the fact that Every other exam board, so Trinity, ABRSM, Rock School, Classical even, they all have the option of a Bach Prelude and Fugue. And the Bach Prelude and Fugue, this is sort of like such a standard thing that teachers want to set their very advanced students for grade eight. And it's not an option (laughs) for LCM. It's weird. Why? That's just so weird. Um, it's not even an, an alternative list option. So there's just some really odd things going on. I don't understand why, why they've, they've got these, this new list A, list B, list C. I do think it's a massive shame that they don't have better representation. You know, like traditionally, the, the serious traditional world of classical music is white, Western and male, really. And, and LCM tried to put that right. So, because the traditional world of Western classical music traditionally hasn't had a lot of women. So why on earth couldn't they do the same thing with with um, composers of colour? I just don't understand that. But, you know, it wouldn't be a reason for me not to buy it. It, it, it just annoys me. But there, there's a lot to love. There's really a huge amount to love about these books. Um, I think if you're a woman, in particularly, you're going to love, you're going to love the syllabus. And you don't have to be a woman. I mean, there's a lot that I loved in this particular syllabus. And, you know, if money was no object, I would just absolutely own um, these these books. I would absolutely, whatever grade I was, I would have this book as well, just to explore the repertoire that they had at that level. But I think for most people, money is a little bit of a, a thing to bear in mind. So really, I would go for Trinity, and maybe then supplement Trinity with with LCM pieces. It really depends on the student because some students are going to really like these these very quirky, unusual, obscure pieces. Students who have um, you know really good focus, who are really interested in in the world of classical music, uh, you know, in contemporary classical, who are open minded, who are sort of have got really good ear for for texture and colour and, and uh, all the kinds of sort of things that, that you get in, in more obscure contemporary classical, people with really good technique, people, uh, you know, those kinds of students are going to do really well with LCM. I think maybe people a bit more in the middle who um, maybe are not quite so motivated. Um, I think you need to be pretty motivated to do LCM because it, it doesn't, immediately give you that that you know the dopamine fun feeling straight away i think you need to be a bit more of a serious student to get on with lcm if you're still very good but maybe you need a bit more of a push to to practice and to learn stuff i think trinity's an excellent choice then there's there's the rock school classical uh which is really good for 
for I think people who are maybe not that interested in classical, or if they are interested in classical, they're, they're interested in the really iconic, the famous, the things that, that makes them go, oh, I've heard that before. ABRSM, I'm just not sure who ABRSM is for anymore these days. Um, they're, they're really shooting themselves in the foot increasingly. With, with each month that goes by, by, I just see more and more things that, that, that are going on with ABRSM that whether it's just losing people's uh, exams, exam results or tweets that they make or very, very slow delivery of results or, you know, I mean, just all, all kinds of things. Just, just re- they're, they're really problematic. But, but yeah, yeah, there, there, there's really a lot to love about LCM and I would absolutely uh, re- recommend it for serious, working hard students who have a lot of flair, who love performing, and and also for 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 women interested in in women composers, it's an excellent syllabus. I just wish that the that the benchmarking was a little bit more consistent, and that this issue of representation had been done better. But on the whole, I really really like it. So. Thank you very much for listening. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please do uh, rate us and like us and subscribe so that as many people as possible uh, can get to hear about this podcast. So very, very soon there's going to be a review of the International Piano Competition. Uh, I'll let you know as soon as that's ready. Uh, Thanks very much and goodbye.